A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This week, caper movie King of Thieves stars some favorite faces like Ray Winstone and Jim Broadbent. If anyone's the weak link, it's Brian. Brian and Kenny. Yeah, Brian and Kenny. And Billy. Anton Chekhov's The Seagull gets a new angle with a strong cast. What does it feel like to be famous? Are you that infatuated with her? This could be what's missing in my life. And she shears where the women are just as competitive as their male equivalents. Ten sheep a quarter is forty sheep an hour is three hundred and twenty a day. Three hundred's good. Four hundred's better. <laughs> Hello, I'm Simon Morris. It's good and salutary to return after a month away in foreign parts, mostly away from current movies. And may I thank Dan Slevin, Doug Dilliman, and Sarah Watt for their admirable and knowledgeable contributions to this show while I was away. The salutary part was seeing how few of the films I left at the cinemas remained when I got back, mostly replaced by other, probably equally temporary ones. But two things made headlines last month, the opening of the Oscar season proper and a fascinating new New Zealand-made film. Sir Peter Jackson's World War I documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old, actually does what so many films fraudulently claim to do. It shows a well-known piece of history in a startlingly new light. Old black-and-white footage with jerky individuals from a seemingly unknowable past are rendered into film that looks like it was made last week. It's not to everyone's taste to see our ancestors looking younger than us in silent film that's been colourised, the action smoothed out and sound mixed, and even rendered in 3D. But as Jackson reminds us, this is how the participants experienced the so-called Great War. Not as a revered archive, but as you and millions like you off on a great adventure and the shocking revelation of what war was really like. It's also been a while since a film from New Zealand has made such an impact overseas, even if outside festivals get to see it before we do. Mind you, New Zealand has always done rather well in the documentary format, and the latest comes from newcomer director Jack Nicholl with the self-explanatory title, She Shears. The guy commented when I was in the senior golden shears final that 
he was glad he didn't make the final because it was better not to have to be potentially getting beaten by a girl. Meanwhile, the Oscar season started early with the arrival of yet another A Star Is Born. At least the balance of this one feels right. Director star Bradley Cooper can clearly act, and new film face Lady Gaga can equally obviously sing. Look at me. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. And fan favourite Ryan Gosling is bowled over the critics in First Man. It's heroic, it's true, it's baby boomer friendly. How can the story of mankind's giant leaper, Neil Armstrong, fail? Well, it doesn't, of course, but I'm less overwhelmed by Star Gosling's much-vaunted versatility and talent. He's certainly been in some great films, though he's usually rather the same in all of them. This isn't just another trip, Neil. You're not just going to work. Do you think you're coming back? There are risks, but we have every intention of coming back. Frankly, if you want to see versatility and talent and one of the finest actors around, check out The Seagull. At just 24, former child star Saoirse Ronan has already been nominated over the years for three Academy Awards, and she's managed it despite a name that most of the Academy can't pronounce. If I were great like you, I'd dedicate my whole life to my public. I'd let them pull my chariot through the streets because I'd know that it's the... They're reaching up to me. That's what makes them happy. Up against formidable competition in the Seagulls, Saoirse once again shows how to do it. But first, another new film features the year's most distinguished, or at least most experienced, cast, led by Sir Michael Caine. He plays the King of Thieves. The first job I got arrested for, I was certain that Hatton Garden is an itch I could never scratch. Get scratching, Brian. We'll be dead tomorrow. It's a well-established genre these days, what you might call the old folks boogie, aimed at the lucrative golden age market. Septuagenarian stars are put together to make either senior romantic comedies or elderly heist movies. They're profitable because they're not expensive to make. You don't need special effects. Mostly these actors are special effects. If I can round up the right people... Get some young blokes in. Uh It wasn't us, officer. We're not capable. Certainly that's the case with Sir Michael Caine, who's retained his cockney wide-boy edge into his 80s. In King of Thieves, he plays real-life semi-retired criminal Brian Reader at a loose end when his wife dies, a too brief appearance by the still gorgeous Francesca Annis. Brian's tempted into making one more killing, the jeweller's bank in Hatton Garden, by a young friend called Basil. I have made more money out of gold than all the great train robbers put together. You still thinking about? It's a lovely vault, that. Like any self-respecting heist movie, the first act of King of Thieves is devoted to putting together a team. The team are mostly the usual suspects. Longtime hard man Ray Winstone as Danny, devious Tom Courtney as Kenny, Michael Gambon as Billy the Fish, and one wild card, veteran comedy favourite Paul Whitehouse as Carl, responsible for providing the gear. All over me nuts. Dig a grave. They're killing me. 
These geezers have been playing these parts for so long, the only thing they need to rehearse is the characters' names. But one actor is here to work, the always watchable Jim Broadbent, playing Brian's rival Terry. And Terry reminds us that these villains may be old, but they're not cuddly. Then your Lynn never teach you nothing? Leave her out of it. Can't believe she stayed with you. What's the matter with you, Terry? Still bitter? Still got an axe to grind after all these years? If I had an axe to grind, Brian, you'd be the first to know about it. Having established the volatile mix of the Over the Hill gang, Act 2 is about the plan. Brian and his young apprentice, Basil, lead the team into the vault on a long weekend. Hatton Gardens, Easter, no one at home. We go down the shaft like Spider-Man, then through the wall. And the vault is ours. The team are a bit rusty. Judging how big a hole will fit Ray Winstone's bulk proves a challenge. But the plan's a good one once you've cracked the security code of the front door. Jesus! Oh, tell me, tell me. Try breathing in. Oh, gosh. Don't eat anything while you're in there, will you? The problem with gold, it's easy to get. But it's difficult to get rid of. But as always in a heist movie, the human element is their downfall. These people are, after all, crooks who've spent several lifetimes cheating their friends and neighbours. And leading the palace coup, predictably, are the slippery Terry and Danny. Whose side are you on? If anyone's the weak link, it's Brian. Brian and Kenny. Yeah, Brian Kenny. And Billy. The events of King of Thieves, the famous Hatton Garden diamond heist, happened a mere three years ago, so it's astonishing the film was made in the time. But it also robs the story of much in the way of surprise. The phrase, the famous Hatton Garden diamond heist, should give you a clue what happens. We're here at Hatton Garden, where last night there was a robbery in the vault. It's the biggest robbery in British criminal history. They were extremely professional and highly organised outfit. It's well enough made by former documentary director James Marsh, who made the Oscar-winning theory of everything. But it reminds us that the bog-standard heist movie depends entirely on us loving the characters, not the actors. And the best things in the film are the action montages that intercut between the actors now and in their heyday in films like Billy Liar, Scum and, of course, The Italian Job. Three... Two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. The nostalgic appeal of seeing some favourite actors working together wears off after the plot slips into the routine. But that's real life for you. It starts brilliantly, but it generally ends badly. The doors of King of Thieves remain unblown off, I'm afraid. They're like a pack of starving rats. It's so disappointing when people stoop to backstabbing. <laughs> The blind lead in the den. <laughs> Do you think he's dead? Let's go. Leave him to pay. <laughs>
That admirable Russian Anton Chekhov is, without doubt, on most people's top ten list of the greatest playwrights ever. But he always left me a little cold. Too many miserable families locked in run-down mansions, too much maudlin regret behind the witty dialogue, too many unpronounceable names. Not my thing, in other words. Until now, maybe. Have you seen Nina? She went to the lake with Boris. Marsha, why is my son so depressed? He's heart-sick. What's that supposed to mean? Constantine! I love Constantine. The original play, The Seagull, is Chekhov Light, I believe, and my source should know what he's talking about. It was Chekhov himself who was rather dismissive of this very Russian tragicomedy of unrequited love. But a new film by director Michael Mayer, while retaining the everyone-with-the-wrong-person plots, stresses something rather more contemporary. What does it feel like to be famous? Are you that infatuated with her? This could be what's missing in my life. Why do you let that man have such a hold over you? It's a play in this iteration, at any rate, about celebrities and celebrity culture, about a self-important new generation attempting to topple the previous one, and about regrets at the end of one's life, regret that you never achieved anything. I can't sit around always hoping that something will happen. Nobody knows how much I'm suffering. These are meaty subjects for what, on the surface, is a mere frothy tale of romantic errors, but the cast at least is up to it. Grand Dame actress Irina is played by an old hand at this sort of character, the great Annette Benning, who raises self-delusion to an art form. Come stand next to me. Sergei, which of us looks younger? Well? You do, of course. Ah, there, you see... Playing her brother is an actor who's been off the big screen for so long I thought he was no longer with us, Brian Dennehy. He's very much alive, I'm pleased to say, playing the disgruntled owner of, yes, a rundown Chekhov mansion. I'm the reason for your misery these past 20 years. I've only been miserable the past 10. I'm just a woman, like any other. It's your chance to be a woman unlike any other. Irina has arrived with her new lover, the younger but celebrated superstar author Boris, played with sinister shallowness by Corey Stoll. I love you. You're incredible. You are the most brilliant writer in Russia. Boris Trigorin, he's so famous. I'm embarrassed to act in front of him. And celebrities, then as now, have a strong and often dangerous effect on the young and impressionable. The young in this case being Irina's intense would-be writer son, Constantine, and Constantine's girlfriend, the aspiring star actress, Nina. Now this is a theatre. Darling son, when do we begin? The curtain will go up at 8.30 sharp. Don't be late and study your lines. Nina and Constantine are about to perform a new play by the young playwright that will sweep away all the clichés currently clogging up the theatre, like plot, character and clear messages. But the performers feel threatened by the presence of two undoubted stars in the audience. Cold, empty, horrible. My thoughts exactly. You That's not... it, the play is finished. I ran it up! Enough! What, what did I do? My play was a fiasco. Now you think I'm some insignificant nobody, just like the rest of them do. What is wrong with him? 
Irish superstar Saoirse Ronan and talented up-and-comer Billy Howell have already broken our hearts this year in the film On Chessel Beach. But if you think their return as Nina and Constantine marks a happier ending this time, you haven't been paying attention. Anton Chekhov doesn't do feel good, I'm afraid. What are you writing? An idea for a short story. Fame seeker, wildly jealous, needs a haircut, perpetually unhappy. I'm in mourning for my life. Instead, Nina finds herself lured in by the glamour of the celebrated, unreliable Boris. Meanwhile, Constantine keeps being distracted by the attention of lovestruck Masha, played with some real guile by Elizabeth Moss, another actress who can't put a foot wrong at the moment. I know you're upset and no. I'm sorry. What can I do? You can leave me alone. I am going to tear this love out of my heart. How are you going to do that? I'll get married. Well, if you think celebrity culture began with Lady Gaga or Madonna or Marilyn Monroe or any of the rest of the shooting stars who illuminate our lives while leaving no trace, The Seagull may be an interesting corrective. It's very well acted, particularly the three female leads, and it's cunningly directed with a trendy flashback flash-forward brought in to give it a bit of 21st century suspense. Now it's in front of me, a love I've never known. Please stay here. Stop asking. Nina, I can't. I can't. I'm not saying I've changed my opinion of Anton Chekhov yet, but at least this time I can see why he's famous. I really should give him another go. Remember how good it was before? At the start of the show, I suggested we make good documentaries in this country, partly because we're not afraid to take advantage of some exotic and colourful characters. The Top Twins, anyone? Kim.com? The Gardener with Soul, Sister Loyola? But it does underline the fact that we're a little nervous of making up equally strong fictional characters. Our dramas tend to favour the annoying or the silent. Which is why it's always good to welcome the often genuinely entertaining homegrown documentaries like the fascinating Yellow is Forbidden, the hilarious Pecking Order and this week the heartwarming She Shears. Timekeepers are ready. Go! Good shearing requires two, balance, grace, rhythm. Wendell's main interests are cooking and sewing. So she'll make some lucky shearer a jolly good wife. I didn't expect my mind to be blown by she shears, and it wasn't. But despite the warning signs, young director Jack Nichols' day job is a lowly production assistant for Wetter, I believe, and the title implies a pretty obvious girls-can-do-anything message, I liked it far more than I was expecting. And the only lady shearer that has ever shown in a championship. Now, this will be worth watching. There might have been five women shearers in New Zealand when I started. 
The appeal was almost entirely the five women shearers featured in the film. I wasn't surprised that they existed, though back in the day you could number them on one hand. I was surprised that they compete successfully against the men. There's no such thing as a women shearer competition, and that they're often supported by the male shearers in their family. I like to beat the boys. Welcome to Masterton, home of the Golden Shears. As soon as you go in that door, you see a big stage up there with lights. Well, that's documentaries for you. The Top Twins doco taught us that rural folk are a lot less conservative than you think. Pecking order showed that sometimes they're in on the joke, but it's not going to stop them carrying on. And Richie McCaw reminded us that the only way to win is to be ruthlessly competitive. I just have secret goals, and I never say them out loud. And everybody's dream is to make a gold cheers final. Which brings us to the women stars of She Shears. Whoever picked this particular quintet, it might have been director Nickel or producers Georgina Condor or Ainsley Gardner, deserves some sort of an award. First, there's former world record holder Emily. The Golden Shears is the premier event of competition shearing and wool handling in the world. Everybody goes to the Golden Shears. When you walk into the hall, there's just something about it. Competing directly against the blokes and it's just brilliant. Biting at the likeable mum's heels is the competition. There's a tough cookie called Pagan who needs to be tough. She's coming back from a car accident that seems to have broken half the bones in her body. I'm like a crazy sheep lady at the moment. (laughs) Oh, you can't do that, you're a girl. I want to be first all the time. Anyone does. Pagan defines staunch. Less in your face, but even more competitive, it turns out, is Catherine. She may look like a slim silver fern, but she's not quitting until she takes out the golden shears. Ten sheep a quarter is 40 sheep an hour. It's 320 a day. 300's good. 400's better. (laughs) Representing the old guard from the pioneer years of female shearers is the remarkable Jills. She finally retired from the game a few years ago and took on a new challenge. She's now a successful high court lawyer, believe it or not, though she still keeps her hand in at shearing competitions. To be successful, you have to be pretty single-minded. That's what I've been called a few times. Probably one of the nicer names. I don't mind it. I'm proud to have sheep shit on the brain. And youngest and sweetest is the delightful Hazel, who's just starting out. Despite her love of shearing, she has to work around her time at her dad's dairy farm. She's not a big fan of cattle, she says. She is a big fan of our woolen friends. I think I've been begging my dad to shear sheep since I was eight or nine years old, but I was never allowed. At first I thought it was a man's job. A few people have said it, and it's a pretty hard job. Why? And I was like, because I want to. Yeah, love sheep. Like the fashion world explored in a lot of documentaries at the moment, shearing is another slightly arcane world. But there's nothing more fascinating than watching people who are really good at something working with each other. It's quite relaxing when you get used to shearing every day. I haven't shorn a sheep for five or six weeks. I'm dying to get back into it. I love it. Yeah, definitely. She shears may be precisely what it says on the tin, but who doesn't want to open it? I'm pleased I did, though I was disappointed at the turnout at my suburban cinema. Hopefully it will do better out in the country. Well, time to put away the shears for this show. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.